Kurdhuryodhana sees Krishna. We were discussing the plans of Krishna to go to Hastinapur as a peacemaker. It was a strange situation. On one hand, Krishna very well knew how futile his attempts were. He also predicted the end game and assured Draupadi that war was going to happen and her revenge would be taken. On the other hand, Krishna wanted to play his role as a human being. He set off to Hastinapur as an envoy of Yudhishthira who wanted to avoid the war at any cost. Yudhishthira was even prepared to give up his claim for the kingdom. On the other hand, Duryodhana was scheming to seize Krishna and force the Pandavas to agree to his terms. His father Dhritarashtra had no control over him and he was totally helpless. He knew very well that Pandavas were quite capable of defeating all his sons and their armies if the war ever took place. He wanted to resolve this issue somehow. Krishna finally reached Hastinapur. As soon as he reached Hastinapur, Krishna went around meeting all elders and his friends and paid them due respect. He finally went to meet Duryodhana. Wicked Duryodhana showed great affection for Krishna and showered him with all hospitality. He even invited Krishna to dine with him. But Krishna politely declined the invitation by saying that he had come as an envoy and envoys are not expected to accept any favours till their mission was fruitful. That probably irritated Duryodhana, but he did not openly show his displeasure. Of all the people, Krishna went straight to the house of Vidura and dined at his place. That was once again a slap on Duryodhana's face. Though Vidura was Duryodhana's uncle by relation, Duryodhana always treated him as a subordinate given to Vidura's low birth. Vidura was born to a Shudra mother. But that did not make any difference to Krishna. Krishna valued people for what they are. Next day, Krishna appeared before the royal court. In front of Dhritarashtra, Bhishma and all other assembled kings, Krishna conveyed his proposal for peace. He communicated the readiness of Yudhishthira to settle for just five villages and give up the claim for his lost kingdom. Dhritarashtra was very much for an amicable settlement. But he expressed his inability to convince Duryodhana who was adamant and refusing to listen to anyone. Krishna used all his diplomacy to cajole Duryodhana to give up his tough stand. He reminded Duryodhana that Pandavas were his own brothers and that he should show the generosity to accept them. After all, Krishna said that Duryodhana belonged to a great lineage of righteous kings. He said that it did not befit Duryodhana to withhold the legitimate share of the Pandavas in the kingdom. He should be more magnanimous, he being a great warrior. Duryodhana replied back by saying that though everyone blamed him for whatever had gone on, he did not find himself wrong in any way. He said that he had been generous all through with the Pandavas. 
Though his father foolishly gave away half the kingdom to the Pandavas, he never objected to it. He said that it was the Pandavas who wagered all that and lost in the dice game. When his father gave back all that they had lost, even then he did not object to it. But the Pandavas lost once again, and he was no longer willing to ignore all that and return their kingdom. He said that if Pandavas were willing to accept his superiority and live as his subordinates, he would welcome that and give them shelter. But in no case he was prepared to give them even a bit of their lost kingdom. Duryodhana said that he did nothing wrong by taking such a stand. Duryodhana's attempt painting himself as fair and righteous probably irked Krishna. Krishna understood that sweet words had no effect on Duryodhana. A person like Duryodhana deserved blunt talk. Krishna reminded Duryodhana how Duryodhana harassed the Pandavas all through, how he, in collusion with Shakuni, snatched their kingdom, how Duryodhana humiliated his own sister-in-law Draupadi, and what kind of shameful words were uttered about her in front of the assembled court. Krishna asked Duryodhana whether he considered all that as righteous conduct. Could Duryodhana pretend to be innocent after having committed all those sins? Duryodhana could no longer hide behind the facade he was trying to project. He came out in true colors. With his eyes turning red, he started hissing with rage. He knew that no drama was going to work with Krishna. There was none in the assembly, neither Dhritarashtra, nor Bhishma, nor Vidura, who would support him. So furious Duryodhana walked out of the court accompanied by his trusted brothers and Shakuni and Karna. It was a stalemate. Though everyone in the assembly, including the assembled kings, were all for amicable settlement to the problem, not to mention about Dhritarashtra and Bhishma. By walking out of the court, Duryodhana had not only insulted the court and all the elders, but had left no scope for reapproachment. Duryodhana was not listening to anyone. But there was one person whom Duryodhana could not ignore. That was his mother, Gandhari. So Dhritarashtra summoned Gandhari to the court and asked her to somehow convince Duryodhana to come back to the court. Gandhari blamed Dhritarashtra for whatever Duryodhana was doing. She said that it was his own overattachment to Duryodhana that had made him that way. If only Dhritarashtra had played his fatherly role properly, Duryodhana would not have ventured into doing all that he did. Gandhari went to the place where Duryodhana was scheming with his coterie. Their plan was to seize Krishna as they always wanted. Duryodhana returned back to the court as if he was persuaded by Gandhari. But his plan was something else. He had returned with a plan to capture Krishna. Krishna knew what was in Duryodhana's mind. He loudly laughed at him. He ridiculed Duryodhana for believing that he could seize Krishna. Krishna told him that he was not such an easy target as Duryodhana thought. He called Duryodhana as a person under delusion. 
he asked Duryodhana to look at him closely. So saying, Krishna at once burst into a blazing flame. From his body out came many divine beings and fierce creatures. Duryodhana could see Krishna as god of death out to take his life. All the kings assembled in the court were shocked to see such a fierce form of Krishna. They closed their eyes, being scared to death. Dhritarashtra, Bhishma and other elders prostrated before Krishna with folded palms. In a minute, Krishna withdrew the fierce form that he had taken and left the court along with his associates who had come with him. He understood the futility of the entire exercise. Bhishma and others followed Krishna. Dhritarashtra begged Krishna for forgiveness and pleaded his helplessness. Krishna went straight to the palace where Kunti was residing. He narrated whatever happened to Kunti. Kunti was quite upset. She asked Krishna to convey her message to Yudhishthira who had sent Krishna as a peacemaker. Kunti was quite blunt in her message. She almost called Yudhishthira a eunuch. Like an eunuch who, though male but impotent, Yudhishthira had resorted to beg Duryodhana for the kingdom. Being a warrior, he ought to have fought for his rightful claim. Instead, he had chosen to beg like a helpless poor Brahmin. If a king does not fight back, Kunti said, he would be responsible for all the ills that would result. Entire world depends on the king and it is the duty of the king to fight for justice. Only that can result in establishing righteousness. She said Yudhishthira was forgetting the duties of the warrior and showing timidity in the name of righteousness. She urged Yudhishthira to fight back bravely like a true Kshatriya whose duty is to fight the wrongdoers and protect the helpless. With this message of Kunti to Yudhishthira, Krishna headed towards Upaplavya. Krishna's attempts to bring about peace had failed. Now Krishna had to employ other ways before finally deciding on war. What happens next? Let us see that in the next episode.